Thank you, Shelley. May God add his blessing to the reading of the scripture this morning. And may the words from my mouth be what we need to hear. Today, we honor our mothers. Not everybody, of course, can be a mother. Some try for years to conceive a child and it never happens. Some women choose not to have children. People have all kinds of different situations in life. And so we can't put everybody in the same box and mother figures too deserve to be honored for giving and for serving others and especially for serving children with love. Some of us are at that point in life where we're being the, both the parent to our own mother and to our kids. Sandwich generation, looking after children and looking after aging parents at the same time. Shelley and I are in that situation. There should be a day to honor all people who are caregivers, I believe. It might include nurses and workers and nursing homes and assisted living centers. It might include teachers. We, might, we, we also have Father's Day coming up in a few weeks when we honor our dads. And that's important since an increasing number of men play caregiving roles in our, in our world today. But today, we're going to focus on the ladies. The ladies who care for our children, moms, grandmas, foster mothers, every lady who's a mom or a mom figure. Jesus said to his disciples just before he left them, peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. He wanted his disciples to have a sense of inner peace when he was no longer with them. He didn't want them to be afraid. He was sending them out into a scary world. As long as they served him, they would not know any outward peace. Hebrews chapter 11 describes what some of the followers of Jesus ended up back in those days having to face. It says some were tortured and refused to be released. Some faced jeers and flogging. Others were chained and put in prisons. Some were stoned. Some were sawed in half. They were put to death by the sword. They went about in sheepskins and goatskins, destitute, persecuted, mistreated. The world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and caves and holes in the ground. Now, is that the peace that Jesus wanted for them? Well, some preachers may promise you that if you follow Jesus and live right, your life will be worry-free. But Jesus never, ever said that, did he? His disciples knew no outer peace in this world, those early disciples were talking about. But they had an inner peace that the world couldn't shake. Isn't that the kind of peace that we want? Isn't that what we want, moms, for our children? We can't protect them from every pain we wish we could. We can't protect them from the heartaches that are going to come no matter how much we want to. I know some of us try. Some of us are helicopter parents. We hover over our kids all the time and we try to protect them. And often what happens with helicopter parents is that 
Children aren't able to deal with problems by themselves because we're right there on top of them, solving all their problems for them all the time. Even the best helicopter parents can't protect their children from all of life's surprises. What we hope for, for our kids, is that they have an inner peace in this crazy world where there is no peace. Isn't that what we really mean when we say, all I want for my kids is for them to be happy? What we want for our children is exactly, exactly what Jesus wanted for his disciples. Inner peace. We want our kids to have inner strength. We want them to be confident. And this inner confidence will allow them to stand in times of testing because we know that those times are without a doubt, going to come. So how do we give them that peace that the world cannot give and the world cannot take away? Well, first of all, here's some advice, some parenting advice. First of all, tell them who they are. If they have a strong sense of identity and a strong sense of self-worth, they're on their way, well on their way to inner peace. The African-American woman's singing group called Sweet Honey in the Rock, has a song that's titled, No Mirrors in My Nana's House. One of the singers explained how this song was created. She said that one of her friends was telling her about growing up in a very poor neighborhood. And she grew up in her grandma's house. And she said, you know, in my nana's house, there was not one mirror. And her friend said, well, how did you know what you looked like then? Well, she said, my Nana told me. Every morning I would get up and get dressed, comb and brush my hair, and then I would go to Nana and I would say, how do I look? And she would tell me. She would tell me I was beautiful. She said my skin was smooth and golden brown, kissed by the sun, and she said my eyes shined like silver moonbeams. In my Nana's house there were no mirrors, so I saw myself through her, through her eyes, through my Nana's eyes, who loved me and the beauty of everything that was in her eyes. Wow, what a wonderful gift to give to a child. God bless the parent who compliments their children and tells them wonderful things like that. God help the parent who does the opposite and fills a child's head with negative thoughts, negative messages who takes out their frustrations on their little one. I know it's not easy to care for a child. I've cared for a bunch of them. During a flood, there was one family that sent their little boy to stay with an uncle for a little while in another part of the state. And that was back when communications were more difficult, and they just sent him along with a note explaining why they'd sent him. And he arrived... And two days later, the parents got a telegram, a very short telegram, said, I am returning your boy. Send the flood. <laughs> Those of you that have boys or had boys in your household understand, although girls have their own set of problems and trials, don't they? But if you've raised them, you know that it's not easy being parents. Sometimes we can be overwhelmed with demands on our time, with demands on our energy. Then there's this other term that's called sunset fatigue. Have you ever heard of that one? 
Sunset fatigue is when we come home at the end of the day after working. And those people that need our love the very most, those we've committed to, end up getting our leftovers. This is a huge risk, being a pastor. You go home exhausted and we're too tired. We're too drained from the day's work. Or we're too preoccupied. We're thinking about someone else or some other situation. And we're too taken by all of those things that have gone on during our work day to love and give attention to the people to whom we have made the deepest promises in life. Sunset fatigue. We find ourselves rushing, even when there's no reason to. Okay, kids, let's see who can take a bath the fastest. It's really not about who can take a bath the fastest. It's about our need to get through it and get them to bed so we can relax. It's a challenge. But somehow, we need to grab hold of our own emotions from time to time so that we can communicate to our children that they really are the center of our attention, that they have great worth in our eyes. We help them develop inner peace, first of all, and we give them positive messages about themselves. We tell them who they are, that they are God's child, and that God loves them even more than we do, and we love them with with all of our hearts. Secondly, we give them inner peace when we help them develop a sense of responsibility. There's an old short story called Beth Martin's Pretty Mother. It has a modern theme. A daughter decides that her mother needs a makeover. Beth Martin's mother used to be quite a beauty, but that was before Beth's father died, and Mrs. Martin was left to run the farm and care for Beth all by herself. Mrs. Martin was determined to give Beth every opportunity in life that she could. She let her own clothes wear out so that she could buy Beth Nice clothes, new clothes. She worked from sunup to sundown to pay for Beth's fine education and for her private music lessons. She never asked Beth to help with the chores so she wouldn't be distracted from her homework or from her music practice. Beth became a very talented young lady, but also became very lazy and very spoiled. But Beth wasn't beyond help. One day she went to the doctor And she said to the doctor, can you give me a prescription of some sort to put some color back in my mom's face? Her cheeks are gaunt and she just doesn't look well. The wise doctor wrote out a list of instructions and said, you don't need medicine, just do these things and her beauty will be restored. First, he suggested that Beth give her mother some sincere compliments and expressions of gratitude for all of her hard work. Next, Beth should buy her mom a nice dress and invite her out for an evening of entertainment. Then, she should clean the house for her once, help out with the farm, help her cook. Beth read the list and took it to heart. That day, she began following the doctor's prescription, and in no time at all, her mother looked more relaxed and prettier than she had in many, many years. It's a beautiful Mother's Day story, but I guess it really has an effect on both 
Beth and her mom, maybe more on Beth. Lazy, spoiled children are not happy children, and they will not be happy adults. Beth needed to be helping around the farm long before she was that old. We do our children no favor when we deprive them of contributing to the family's well-being. Everybody should have a part. How will they learn that they're cap- what they're capable of unless we give them things to do and we have them try their hand at different things? How will they develop the discipline that they need to succeed in life if we don't set expectations for them while they're young? Sometimes us parents fail our children because it's easier to avoid conflict than it is to teach them to pick up their clothes, to clean their rooms, to help with the housework. Such chores are necessary in order for them to be healthy, happy, productive adults. They're going to have to do it when they grow up. Might as well learn now. We help them develop inner peace when we help them establish their identity, tell them who they are, and we help them develop a sense of responsibility. And finally, and I think most important of all, we help them develop inner peace when we help them develop a sense of God's presence in their lives. One pastor wrote how his mother helped him find God. He writes of a childhood crisis of faith. For a long time, he thought he was the only person in his church who couldn't see Jesus. The mother took him to church every single week. And he noticed the joy and the peace that radiated from so many of the people's faces there. And he wanted to see or meet this Jesus that they talked about. But he never saw Jesus in his church. So he set out on a quest, decided he was going to find Jesus. He searched all over the Sunday school classrooms. No signs of Jesus. He crawled under the pews. Nowhere down there. He poked his head in the pastor's office. No Jesus in there. So he kept looking. He sneaked up to the pulpit. He looked around and behind the pulpit. Still, no Jesus. Finally, he thought of one room, mysterious room, where he'd never ventured in his life, the ladies' restroom. Maybe that's where Jesus was. So one Sunday, he worked up his courage, and he walked into the ladies' restroom. He checked all the stalls, but Jesus was nowhere to be found. He went back to the sanctuary just in time for communion. Ordinarily, he paid very little attention to communion, but this Sunday, this time, he noticed how peaceful and happy the people looked and how peaceful and happy his mother looked after taking of the bread and drinking from the cup. He leaned in close to her. She, had, she, he, she sensed that he had a question. And he leaned over and he said, Mama, what is that? She tried to ignore him, but he wouldn't give up. He said, what is that, Mama? What is that smell? She answered, son, that's Jesus. It's Jesus inside of me. And the little guy finally understood tiny little piece of the mystery which we don't even fully understand. Jesus wasn't lost. He was living inside his mama. And he lives inside of us. Some of us probably wouldn't have found Jesus if he hadn't lived inside our parents. 
mom or dad or our grandparents or some other loving adult in our life. That's how most of us come to Jesus. We come through influence of somebody very close to us, somebody we love, somebody we admire. And so the question for every mother this day, a question for every adult, really, could a child sense Jesus in your life? Could a young person find faith in watching you and in being around you? What we want for our children is the same thing Jesus wanted for his disciples. We want a peace that the world cannot give and cannot take away. We can help our kids with that by helping them find a sense of who they are, by helping them develop a sense of responsibility, and by showing them, most importantly of all, Jesus in our own lives. Amen. I have a short little reading that I share every Mother's Day and I'd like to share this morning. Today, we applaud all mothers and all who have mothered. Sisters, aunts, grandmothers, close friends, and so many others. Truly, you deserve it. To those who gave birth this year, we celebrate with you. To those who lost a child this year, we mourn with you. To those who are in the trenches with the little ones every day and wear the badge of food stains, we appreciate you. To those who experience loss through miscarriage or failed adoptions, we mourn with you. To those who walk the hard path of infertility, full of pokes, tests, prods, tears, and disappointment, we walk with you. Forgive us when we say foolish things. We don't mean to make this harder than it is. To those who are godmothers, foster moms, mentor moms, spiritual moms, we need you. To those who have warm and close relationships with your children, we celebrate with you. To moms who have disappointment, heartache, and distance with your children, we sit with you. To those who have lost their mothers, we grieve with you. To those who experience abuse or neglect at the hands of their own mother, we acknowledge your experience. To those who live through driving tests, medical tests, and overall test of motherhood, we are all better for having you in our midst. To those who are stepmoms, we walk with you on that sometimes difficult path. To those who've dreamed of lavishing love on grandchildren, yet that dream is not to be, we grieve with you. To those who will have emptier nests this year, we grieve and rejoice with you. To those who place children up for adoption, we commend you for your selflessness and remember how you hold that child in your heart. And to those who are pregnant with new life, either expected or surprised, we anticipate with you. This Mother's Day, we walk with every woman in our life. Womanhood is not for the faint of heart, and we have some real warriors here today in our midst. We honor all women today, mothers of all kinds. We thank you for your love and your sacrifices.